am Nana. And I'm Monkeo. And this is African American. This is a show where we take a look at a subset of the African diaspora. We used to say it's the children of African immigrants living in America. But Nana continues to stress that it's also about children who immigrated as children, who I also think are technically the children of African immigrants <laughs> living in America. But each is out. Uh, <laughs> today we have our first re-guest. Uh, do you call them re-guests? Yay. Our returning guests from season one. <laughs> re-guest, I was about to say. <laughs> our dear friend Yasmin, who talked to us about colorism. Uh, hey, Yasmin, welcome. Thank you for... Hey, girls. Hey, so good to start the new year with the two of you. Thank you. Great to see you again as well. Um, I'm not going to put you out there, but I also already said before we started recording, I see that you, you are doing well. So praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah, awesome. y'all. Well, well, well I, can be my everything this time. So some uh, yeah. great talk clearly happened. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 you know, praise praises be. Um <laughs> oh today we're going to be talking to you about friendships. And it makes me inspired to sing a little <clears throat> song from what I consider the greatest all girl group that ever existed. Uh, the precursor to Destiny's Child. Um, exactly. <laughs> and all the mother girls. I don't know. What, what's the thing these kids listen to? Danity Kane? That's not a, that's no, not a thing. No. 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 You know those girls and they broke up. Oh, Fifth Harmony. That's something about. I'm talking about Normani, her, the group she was part of. I don't, I don't know. You don't know. You don't know who Normani is? I, I hear the name on gossip podcasts, but I can't. Let me break you off. Let me give you motivation. Whatever. Anyway, um, it was on my Spotify workout list. But the song I was going to sing is, what about your friends? Will they be? (laughs) Don't look at me like that. I see your voice has like really gone. What about your friends? Gotten worse. Will they stand around? That's my baritone. Okay. I have a very large range. (laughs) I could get pretty low for a female voice. Anyway, um, we're talking I about apologize for that, guys. Yeah. Haters are going to hate. Uh, we're talking about friendships, particularly friendships between African Americans and African dash Americans. Uh, Yasmin is our local expert on the subject. Um, and we wanted to be able to have <laughs> some really nice. You are. Yeah. You have some. We know that you have like a good group of like African American friends as well as African. Because I have black friends. (laughs) Well, not just black friends, African dash American friends specifically. Um, So, really wanted to talk to you about your secrets, how those happened, why they happened, what you think are some of the challenges, etc. So, I'm gonna like roll right in. Um, We already know your name is Yasmin. We know that you're Ghanaian. American. Uh, you, you're from the D.C. area, whoop, whoop, um, just like us. <clears throat> and um, so I'm going to dive right in with the first question, which is how would you describe your black friend circle as a child and as an adolescent? Like who, who, who made it? Who what did it consist of or who did it consist of? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's it's weird to think about how much I switched schools a lot growing up so maybe this is part of why it's it's so complicated but I started off similar to you Ankiyo I grew up in a mostly black 
area. And the first school I went to was a Montessori school that was unique because like it was almost all black kids there. And so that's where I developed like the first set of friendships that I had. I remember I had three really close friends, all black girls. Um, They were all black American. I don't actually think there were any African dot Americans at that school that I remember. Um, So I had that really strong like circle. We lived within like a mile radius of each other. And that was just a big part of like my first sort of understanding of female friendship. And then after I was at that school, my parents took me to a school in DC that was mostly white. And I will never forget like how stark the difference was because I remember at some point, I don't know who taught me this, I decided this, but there was me, there was another black girl from PG and there was a mixed boy. Um, And I remember being like, there's two and a half black people at my school. Like, I don't know where that like half black, like, I don't know who taught me that or where that came from, but I would always just think about that. There's like 18 kids, two and a half black kids, Will's like half. He only hangs for half. Maybe he used to say he was half. A lot of people would be like, oh, I'm half black, half white. Like, I don't remember talking to him. I don't remember him saying it. I just knew like, oh, he has one black parent. And I remember really clearly, like, the other black girl in the class was named Stephanie. And my parents were constantly like, Stephanie lives, she was the only other person who lived in PG. Everybody else lived in Montgomery County, which is a more affluent, whiter county outside of D.C. Or they lived in, like, very affluent parts of D.C. And these were very affluent uh, people. And I remember my mom was like, why don't you invite Stephanie over? Like, Stephanie seems really great. And I didn't like her. She just felt very snobbish and stuck up. We were really different. And that was the first time I remember having like a presence of another black girl, like the option to be friends with them, but choosing other people over her. And that wow. just seemed, yeah, I just, I, yeah, I've never actually reflected back on that. I just remember thinking, like, we're nothing alike. And I'm more close to my friends at the time were like these two white girls named Anna and Margot. And I remember like trying to braid their hair, like, Oh girl, let me show you how to put these beads on your hands, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like playing at their houses and stuff. But from then on, um, I think that there's always been like a complexity of range. Like there have been times I've had these amazing, like really deep relationships with black girls. And then times where I felt like the pressure, like I should be able to connect with this person. I should like, really enjoy them because I have so often but like we're just not vibing um so it's been a lot of back and forth and a lot of it's dependent on like what the overall makeup of the space looks like I think that's really interesting I I think the thing that stood out to me of what you said is that I I wonder or I want to posit to what extent the fact that you were at that majority black school first and connected with people because you like them because like when everybody's black so now we're going to vibe on the level of who we are as people and you don't think about it. So even when you're in this two and a half white, two and a half black men, uh, whatever, two and a half people who are black situation like that as a kid, that's not your first inkling. Your inkling is still to vibe with people who think your beads are cool or your Teddy or whatever. Your uh, cabbage patch doll is cool rather than your parents were like, Hey, they're black. You're black. You need to like stick with your own kind. Um, Hey, so what did you see? That's interesting to what you said about your parents and kind of is connected to the next question, which is what kinds of friendships did you see your parents' generations have with Africans, African dot Americans, and then African dash Americans? Um, another thing I had never thought of until now was like my mom's best friend 
um, actually, oh, hmm, let me think about this. So my godmother is a Black American woman that my mom worked with. Oh. Um, she's, yeah, she's a fellow nurse. She's like from the South, grew up in Houston. Um, and they, I'm not exactly sure when they met, but it was clearly like, like a newer friendship and for whatever reason she chose her to be my godmother um because my parents moved to the dc area in like the late 80s and i was born in 91 um oh my god you're born in 91 yeah i am old i thought you were at least 89 oh uh, clear skin fresh face oh oh why are you why are you you, uh, insinuating that we don't have (laughs) That that yeah, that your face is old. Oh, she's not. Well, Nana, well, Nana your own is old too because you were born in nineteen eighty something. Girl. Oh wow, ninety one. Okay, how are we friends? We need to do an episode about ageism, then. You know what it is. I just think of it. If you're, if we're friends, then like I just think of everybody born in like as born at least in the late eighties. I feel like 89 is that yep. cut off almost for most of them. So when people say, no, actually I was born in 92 is when my younger sister was born. So to me, it's like, how am I friends with someone who is the age mate, as Africans say, of my younger sibling? But I have digressed. Oh mm. This is just interesting. 1991. Hey. She said, but the spirit of an elder, Yanni. Yeah, you know, it's just, you know, like Africa, we say, you know, you just have to pick enough for Bona no more. Like mm-hmm. Africa, all you have to do is give birth to them and they'll just grow. They just sprout out like like big trees. Um, Love great parenting philosophy. Just yeah. Them whatever happens, happens. Well, it's not quite that. It's just, you know, I don't know. We always say that whenever you find out the age of somebody who was a kid or a baby, you know, and you always think about them, you go, wow, pick enough for Bona no more. It just, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> you're born in 91. Yeah. Your godmother's an African-American woman from Texas. Yeah. And I, I never thought about the influence that probably had, like, seeing my mom have that really strong friendship with her. At the time, also, let's see, we had a lot less. I'm sure it's similar for the both of you, but a lot less family members were in the U.S. at the time. Mm-hmm. So, like, my mom's sister... She had one sister who she grew up with in New York. Like they moved to New York when they were like 18 and 21. And so they spent the first 10 years in the U.S. together, living together. But then my mom moved down to D.C. So she was like far away from family. Um, They did not have a lot of other family members down here. Like maybe an aunt lived here for a while with them. Um, My grandma was here. But otherwise, yeah, some of her earliest friendships were her friendships at work with either African or with other, let's see, African-Americans, like my godmother. And then she also had a Haitian for a while. So I've never thought of that being like an example of like having friendships across background. But um, now that I'm looking back, like that was an early relationship that I like had a positive association through my godmother with like they celebrated Kwanzaa and they she would always give us a Kwanzaa gift and I always thought that was cool we were talking the other day about how we yeah one year she got me a um Santa mold like you put jello in it and you use a Santa Claus Um, another thing is my godmother is one of people who really instilled the idea of black identity in me which I'm also just realizing now but she would get us books. Um, she was a scholar. like She had her doctorate 
and was very embedded in like African-American history and culture. And her house was filled with all these different artifacts and like from different parts of probably mostly West Africa, but maybe some other places too. Cool. And she would get us, yeah, she would get us these books. I'll never forget. There was like a story of um, Santa and Pete or something like that, which was a retelling of like Santa's story with uh, like the real life Santa from the Netherlands with his like black counterpart. Um, I feel like I'm butchering the history, but it was like, you know, there's this like negative history in the Netherlands that I've heard about, about how they'll like dress in blackface. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for Santa, yeah. and we don't really understand what that's about, yeah. So this was like a positivist retelling. Like, actually, Santa wouldn't have been able to do, do any of this stuff without a Black helper, which now sounds problematic, but I promise, like, the book <laughs> itself made them seem like they were on the same level, and they were even way... I, I, I have to look at it again. It's a book but before its time. I do all. remember just, like, reading it and, like, loving it. Santa and yeah, me. nothing else. Remember to yeah. check that out. I'm curious about that. Yeah, it's funny yeah. enough. My sister was telling me she was like, "Oh, did you know the real Santa was black?" I was like, "No, he's not." <laughs> so I don't actually know. Was there a real Santa? Real Santa? Saint Saint Nicholas. Uh. That's like a thing, but I didn't know where Saint Nicholas was from. If he was like supposed to be Ethiopian or Egyptian or something, I'm not, I'm not sure like what his ethnic origin was. Huh. Did you know that there's an actual Santa and Pete movie? What? Is it on Netflix? Well, I don't know. James James Earl Jones. That's probably probably pretty good. It looks like it'll be good. 97% rating from Google Google users. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so we should check. We'll check Netflix and uh, (laughs) Amazon. You know, I love holiday movies. So maybe have watch some of it for Christmas in July. Um, but this is really interesting what you're telling us and we really help we're really glad that we can help you like understand better why you are the oh one my you thought of when we were talking about okay she got a lot of black friends a lot um, and kind of why um, what about your dad did you see him with uh, what were his like black friendships like my dad has always been like a loner. Um, so I always think of him in solitude, but he did go to a black barber shop. Oh, nice. Of course. <laughs> where else are you going to go? Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, where else are you going to go? <laughs> well, I hear they um, give a good haircut, but they sure do. He still goes there even as his hair less and less needs a barber still committed to that relationship (laughs) it's an an experience for sure well then i guess the next question for you is it's about code switching um do you find yourself having to do this as you navigate friendships with various members of the black community or have you ever found yourself having to do that you know what's interesting is like um let me think. And by the time I got to middle school, most of my friends were Black American with like a smattering of white friends. Weirdly, a lot of my relationships with African dot Americans have been the more problematic ones. Interesting. Um, Do tell. Uh, yeah. What are you saying well, about because, us? <laughs> well, I think growing up, right, the standards were higher for them. So I think I might have told you, Bunky, about my one Sierra Leonean friend 
growing up who was a troublemaker. So my I'm mom, surprised. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so the original way we became friends was I was supposed to be her tutor. Which is raggedy. Like her mom was like, Oh, I see Yasmin. Yeah, we were the same age. And my her mom was like, Yasmin's doing well in school. Why can't you be more like Yasmin? Um, Yeah, African parents will do that. And it's like, Because (laughs) I don't have her DNA. I encouraged you like this girl. She's getting straight A's. I was like, Oh, I'm I'm also a. So it's not yeah, as I had a Nigerian friend growing up who was a little chubby and her mom would we were like a little trio and the two of us were these darker thinner girls and she was a chubby one and her mom would be like why can't you be slim like your friends and I'm like that's really African people we need to do better but yeah her mom used to have me like come over their house and for an hour I would do like homework with her like it was a forced friendship and then <laughs> maybe because you thought about it as a forced friendship <laughs> <laughs> no, but we became really good friends she was my best friend the next year like it, oh. it totally blossomed and we were super into each other and then I remember she got she kept getting suspended from school Ooh. like I don't remember what she was doing <laughs> or what she, why she was getting in she was like a back talker she would always talk back to the teacher the teacher didn't like her so she kept getting demerits kept getting detentions and then she just kept getting suspended and then finally i think they tried to suspend her for like a week this was a christian school so you know they were on something um and then her mom pulled her out of the school but my mom before she got pulled out had started being like "Mm, macaulay keeps getting suspended like you need to like tone it down like I remember she wanted me to like not really invite her over the house. It was it was very problematic. Yikes. I actually feel yeah. discomfort even remembering how much I think both of our mothers were very strong figures and they were both kind of trying to influence the way we interacted with each other and it just started to backfire. I remember like spending a lot of time with her at school, but then I wasn't supposed to like invite her over anymore my mom started acting weird about her like eventually the friendship just kind of dissipated um when she left the school but that's my first yeah that was actually my first friendship outside of the family with an african dot american and it was so fraught with all this drama and that unfortunately continued like in high school my best friend was nigerian and we that was the first like blowout fight like I'd ever had with anyone and to this day we're not friends anymore. No, no, why are you laughing? We look, we all have no. those uh, friendships from adolescence or that came from adolescence into adulthood and it didn't end well. That's just life. So stop laughing. That, that is li- I'm laughing because I'm something else, but go ahead. Why? Because she was Nigerian. <laughs> Oh, Bonkyo. You know, people have fights with Ghanaians too, and they never talk to them again either. Just you know, no, I, I see a trend here. You know, it's all of these other West African um, countries, but she doesn't have, she, at least I hope you don't have any any bad experiences with um, Ghanaians, African no. dot. No, America. she doesn't no, have any Ghanaian are. friends. How you know? <laughs> <laughs> I knew a Ghanaian once in college. Exactly. Exactly. So she was not steeped in the community. Hence, she came out unscathed from the drama. Everybody got their drama. Let me tell you. So 
Mm-hmm. I get that. What I'm wondering, though, is, um, okay, I know that the relationship with your Sierra Leonean friend was fraught, but like in terms of how you all related to each other, do you feel like you understood each other? You were like, yeah, my mom be wild and sometimes, oh, yeah, my mom said, let me do this homework. Oh, yeah. I mean, you were also really young, so maybe not. Um, well, definitely. Did- I think like this was fourth and fifth grade. So this was where I was coming into. First of all, like, oh. you know, at that school was the first place where I had. So this was the third school. The Christian school was mostly black. And this was like where I had come out of this like white environment straight into like, you know, a bunch of kids from a lot of different backgrounds. We all came from very different class backgrounds. And there was a lot of this kind of like judgment all of a sudden like a lot of teasing like you know about skin tone I probably talked about this in the colorism episode a little bit but that's the first place yeah that I experienced that she was also very dark skinned so I definitely remember feeling like you know as different as we are like I was you know an overachiever and she was not attuned to that like we bonded over this kind of being um ostracized in a lot of ways because of our background. I think we were the only, no, there was a Nigerian girl in our class as well, but I had never really vibed with her. Um, So when Makali and I became friends, like at first it was this weird, you know, dynamic of tutoring her or pretending to tutor her, but then- Her name was Makali? Makali. Makali, not Makali. Sorry. I know everybody does. I know someone else. I have someone, some extended family with that name, and I used to call her that too. And then I realized that that's literally not her name. <laughs> it's all good. No shade to you. <laughs> no, no, it's all right. Just when you said it, I was like, oh, okay. We all get Americanized. Well, yeah. that's interesting. So then, as you grow and continue to like avoid Ghanaians along the way. You get to you like college. Sierra Leoneans? No, there are no Sierra Leoneans around her. Like, we just know <laughs> our numbers. Ghanaians either. I didn't know any Ghanaians in school. You see? Uh-huh. So that's really, no, but that's really interesting because we, we're from the same county. And I just, I just know that there are a lot of them. So. <laughs> yeah. But, but we're also spread out too to give us credit like mm-hmm. if i think back to even my high school who is Ghanaian? Uh, there was abigail boateng we shared locker and her locker was next to mine <laughs> we cool. what, I yeah i just i i, I feel like Pichu county is very deep in africans um and Ghanaians and nigerians in particular so it's just really interesting that you um, you didn't interact with any, um, but I guess. Okay. Can I give my my aside? I feel like there's for every hundred Nigerians, there's like twenty Ghanaians, and then like four Sierra Leoneans. Girl, say that again. <laughs> no, there's like one Sierra Leonean. That, the same issue at my high school. There are there are about three of us. Yeah, but at your high school, there was like three black people, period. No, there wasn't three black people. I I grew up in Colombia. There weren't three black people, please. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, (laughs) I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I thought you were talking about where you are now, but we're going to do that alone. Um, I just, you know... can't even see what's going on anymore. Yeah, but I think, you know, there are also a lot of people who were quote-unquote passing. Like, you know, that's also a piece of it. I don't know if... I know that I discovered there are a lot more Sierra Leoneans at my high school after Facebook came out. And it was Wait, like, are you oh. serious? Yeah, there are people I never knew 
who were. Part of it is that people pronounce people's names like Macaulay becomes Macaulay. And but also people have with Anglo last names. Yeah. If you have an Anglo last name and you were born here or you came here young enough to know who's cool and you know what to feel like being African isn't cool, you're not necessarily going to, you know, wear that flag on International Students Day for everyone to know that you are X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, and then you have people or people who shorten their names. You know, Chike becomes Chikemeka becomes Ike, right? And you're like, uh, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but when you right. see Ike, can you not tell? Or Lola becomes Lola. I've met, you know. <laughs> so true. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You, you, I know a lot of Lolas and a lot of Ikes, actually. Yeah. Or just, you know, even Bola becomes Bola or whatever. And it, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking of the, the, the Nigerian examples are the ones that come to me. But like, I think that happens with every African group. But I'm still wondering then, as you grew up and you went to college and now you, you know, you're beyond that stage now and you're an adult. Like, what do you see? Um, obviously, you have your own challenges, <laughs> personal, <laughs> not finding Ghanaians. But what do you see are the biggest challenges or have been the biggest challenges in your friendships with African-Americans in terms of having them understand, like, your perspective, like, uh, whether it's, like, explaining to them how certain things you there are certain things you can't do or say or whether it's foods um, and then vice versa. What is it with your african dot american friends or perhaps your african friends i don't know if you met some who are international um, <laughs> and like you know straight off the plane um at school or, or or beyond that and like what are the challenges of trying to like help those people understand what the like black experience in america is or so i think probably one of the key factors for me is the fact that i've always been sort of a black sheep like in general. And so I've always been like, mm, you know, I don't, I mean, <laughs> we've had a lot of conversations about me being disrespectful to my parents. Yes. And, like, I'm always messy. like, no, nah, no, nah, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot say that. <laughs> your mama. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think that's a big part. A lot of um, kind of expectations that I've been pretty comfortable not, um, like, for example, when I got to college, a big difference, probably a big boundary between me and African dot Americans is like, I never even started in the sciences. Like, every, I couldn't actually tell. <laughs> I was surrounded by people who were 100% going to be doctors, if not doctor, physical therapists, <laughs> like, whatever. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I started off in, like, freaking women's studies. So there was definitely, there's no black people in women's studies in general, let alone, like, if there was a random black person, it was never um, an African dot American. Um, what are you going to do with study? <laughs> you know, back yeah. I, I, know, I know one whose mom school. said you would not do anything with studies. You better not major in that. So she oh majored in like, God. she wanted to be medieval studies. So she ended up being history with a focus on the medieval period. But then she went okay. to law school. Studies to the next level though. Right. Woman's studies is contemporary. <laughs> Yeah, medieval. What? What? Where, where were medieval Africans? And hey, we were there. Aesop. Oh, let me. That's not medieval. Stop. Aesop. That's Greek or Roman. We were there. There's a uh, Leopoldus Africanus or something like no, that. No, we were, were not there. there. The 
for um swarthy foreigners who were there. <laughs> hey, black is black is black. Okay. We were there. We were in our Andalus. We were <laughs> girl bye. Stop. We if you follow Hotep people, we actually are everything. No, we are no, no. We created every great <laughs> the Great Wall of China. That was us. No, no, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, and my apologies to you know, hotels. That actually, that needs to be the next episode. Hotels are they African or not? Oh. Or find African hotel. Oh man, but we'd have to have one that'd be willing to talk on the show. We'd love to have people on to better understand. <laughs> Okay. In my defense, I only know hotels through the filter of African American media. I don't. Uh, oh, and one hotel stalker that I had back in college, but that's another thing. I didn't even know that that was the name for it then. So, oh yeah, let's let's write that down, Nance. We should probably. Yeah, we, I don't think we should go there. We, we should explore all. Yeah, all facets. <laughs> we need to be able to explore every facet of Black identity, and so that's that. But sorry, I've digressed again, dear Yasmin. So back to. <laughs> You were women's studies and there were no Africans around you anyway because, you know, all the Africans were going to be doctors. I will also say quite controversially that, and I'm curious if either of you felt like this too, like coming from an area like PG where I had always been surrounded by like so many black people and blackness, like you said earlier, had such a complexity to it. Like I knew, so I was never like, there were tons of black nerds, for example, at my high school. Like it was mm-hmm. the black high school of of everywhere and so I never had this oppression of like feeling um you know like there was this like dominant black culture of like black coolness and that that had been oppressive in any way I could feel it but I also had my I always had a place of comfort um in high school even though there was like times I was teased or challenged, like I never felt like blackness as a whole was against me which I would argue that there were a lot of like um, people who came to college feeling like very isolated from blackness for whatever reason mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and who like very much wanted to like have a place where they could um, come together around a, like generalized African identity. But it wasn't like, oh, that they were like close to Africans growing up and they wanted to foster that further in college. It was very much like in Beaumont, Texas, they were the only African person in their whole school and they got teased the entire time. And so now they're in college, there's more Africans and they wanted to connect because I had never felt like ostracized in the black community. I was always just totally cool and comfortable with that. And it it kind of, I think something that didn't help or that kind of pushed me even further into that was the fact that like my best friend was a black American from high school and we came to college together and then made best friends with another girl from Maryland who was also black. So all of my like circle was like set in blackness. Um, That's interesting. I think, um, I think you have older millennials to thank for that quite honestly, because uh, I when I think about people like my cousins, it was not cool to be African at all, at all. And so, like for their generation and people that I know, even for siblings of friends who were born, you know, in my decade, um, particularly the early '80s, 
you see them and yeah, that they they are the they are the the Ikems who have become Ikes, you know, yeah. the Lolas who are now Lola. And yeah. a lot of that has to do with the teasing and things that went on. And that's I think that's also part of what I say, like when I say when I graduated and Facebook came out and I look at people who were two, three, four and then, you know, can recognize them years after me everybody's repping their African flags and they're doing African dances at school and it's seen as cool. Whereas when I was in high school, it was, it was transitional. Like you wouldn't get beat up for being African, but there was a, there was a divide. Um, and um, I'm really happy that that progress has been made to see. I'm like, uh, cause I've been amazed by younger generations. And I think about your class my second my sister is a year after you just being like wow these kids are like proud to you know be or to have this even tangential connection to these african countries that like people from my i feel like people in my generation if you ask us we'll be like yeah but i really didn't get even for nigerians and Ghanaians who are tend to be the bolder of the west african appreciation clubs i didn't i did not feel that in high school despite coming from such a blackity black neighborhood mm-hmm. um like nobody was talking about jello fries didn't nobody bring jello fries to events no. so no. It, like it wasn't a thing but now it's like you can go to a high school event or a potluck or something and you'll see those those foods there and feel like ah oh. so um and, yeah and another thing that you'd said yasmin that's stood out to me was the whole concept of folks of African um, African dot American African dash American students coming to college from predominantly kind of um, white white um, white high schools and coming in and wanting to connect. One thing I noticed was folks coming in from predominantly white um, high schools and wanting to be wanting to connect. But one thing I noticed was that folks a lot of those folks were more is this black? They were more the pro-black, hyper-black. And I found that a lot of times those folks would question my blackness. Like, what you're doing is not black enough. Like, are you black enough? And all yeah. that. Have you, do you eat collard greens? Do you yeah. know this movie? Do you know these terms? Yeah. Um, this this dance, this music, etc. cetera. Um, but it seems like that wasn't your experience at all. No, I would say like it it was to some degree like that. But what was to me the differentiator with my friends group is we were all very like everyone in my freshman friends group was someone who had clearly come. I mean, my other close friend was from Baltimore. The other person was from Chicago in like so we we felt like you can't question us because of where we're from. Like right. we're from PG. Like me and my friend Sarah would always be like, we're from PG. Like we don't the care. Blackity black it is county. Very much like we're very confident. I had never felt confident in that way until I got to college. And I'm like, oh wait, you're from like Indiana and you want to try and talk to me? Like get out of here. Like you never even held more than three black people at a time besides your cousins. Like you can't talk to me. Like, it was, like, a huge shift for me from high school where, yeah, like, not saying my high school wasn't, like, all roses. Like, there were definitely, there was definitely hierarchies of cool or whatever. But to go from the person that everyone's like, oh, you talk white and you're, like, you know, your voice is weird and being, like, again, made fun of not to the same degree as I had in, like, elementary or middle school, but still, like, kind of teased 
for what I was in, like liking emo right. bands or whatever, to being able to be like, oh, I get to claim blackness like in a way that a lot of people actually can't. That was like very transformational for me and very unexpected. Like I could not believe that being from PG was enough to just be like, oh, wow, you some people were just clearly so uncomfortable, like in their identity. And I realized yeah. I didn't that kind of discomfort around race that they had. This sort of like comfort that you had and knowing like, hey, I'm from PG County. We're super black. That was in your identity as a black woman right, in America, as opposed to an African dot American or a Ghanaian American woman. Yeah, I would say that came a lot later because in college, I mean, I had these very weird sort of uncertain relationships with African dot Americans. Like I remember one summer I was in St. Louis where I went to school and, you know, in summer all your friends leave and there's only a few people left. So there was a girl who I knew very well, who was Nigerian American. Um, and we'd always kind of like orbited each other, but had never become close. And it just so happened we were staying in the same dorm that summer. And we were like super close. Like we spent all the time together because of necessity and, and really got to like each other. And then I'll never forget, like when the school year came back and her friends were back and my friends were back. And she was in a mostly African dot American circle. And I was in my mostly African dash American circle. It was like the things that had made us close that summer kind of disappeared. And I remember, yeah, I was sad. She was actually point blank, either like messaged me or texted me. and was like, hey, it's it's so weird. Like the summer we were so close and now it's like, you know, not the same anymore. And I was like, yeah, what is that about? Um, So I think there's something to be said for you know, who surrounds you and what kind of, I guess that goes back to like the question about code switching, um, where there's probably a certain, I'd have to think about it more, but probably a certain amount of like role I was playing within my group of African Dash American friends that felt different than the way I had related to this other person that I couldn't do simultaneously well not with her whole you know 20 deep or whatever group of friends who (laughs) you know maybe had African accents and had these expectations of you that were perhaps a bit more leaning into the African side of the African dot American I think we all kind of have to do that a little bit Um, you know it's like a is it a pendulum it's like a scale right sometimes you're leaning more on the American piece sometimes you're leaning more on the African piece I guess the, my last question for you is then related to this is what do you think is the biggest barrier to African dot American and African dash American friendships? I don't know that I could speak to a barrier, but I think that this conversation has made me think a lot about groupings. Like mm. what I've always found the most challenging is probably the fact that like, if I'm with a big group of <laughs> or a big group of like people who are all I I now kind of connect more with like the difference between what is it like to have immigrant parents? Like my roommate right now is is Liberian. um, And we- Liberian girl, that you gave it, you changed from where. Hey. I love you, Liberian. 
If I got a song in my heart, I just got to sing it. It's like the light within me. I got to let it shine. And I know Yasmin's being quiet, but I see her face. She is like... I'm just praying. She's praying. She is crazy. But, but, you know, don't let your friends go out there looking crazy. If you got... If you got a word in your heart, you got to speak it too. Oh, <laughs> but your roommate is Liberian. She's a Liberian yeah, girl. Out to Maya, wonderful human being who I love so much. But um, I think that, you know, I also have now more relationships. Like, as you know, one of my closest friends when I was living abroad was like half Ethiopian, half white American. We also bonded over like, what is it yeah. like to just have a... Yeah parent from a different place and I bonded with people like I just think immigrant identity more than ever um, especially you know families who are coming over to the U.S. for opportunities and like striving and have that kind of there's so much synchronicity between that and I've mm-hmm. even found that thinking about um, my some of my black American friends who again have families who are just like really strict or working really hard to make sure their kids have a better life in a way that I think is really like kind of unique um the big, I think that's where I do see people of color sometimes working as a definition for understanding things is that like striving. Mm-hmm. But to say, um, yeah, the biggest thing in this conversation is just realizing like there is probably a code switching happening when I'm like surrounded by an all black group in terms of like all African and realize it's all African dash American. I'm really leaning into that part of my heritage versus when I'm able to not have to like lean into that experience or leave things out so I couldn't say what the barriers are but I've always had an issue bringing groups of people together and I'm always realizing it is probably because in these very subtle ways um showing more of one side or more of another side depending on who I'm with and that's yeah. mm-hmm. a big part of why I have found it hard to have like truly mixed circles as opposed to like one circle that's this kind of group of people in another circle as this kind of people. That's interesting that you say that because it's also, I think you more so than a lot of African dot Americans have a lot more to lean into. I mean, not just coming from a blackity black county, but also like you said, like you celebrated Kwanzaa. Girl, I don't know. Nope. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know African Americans well who have celebrated who celebrate Kwanzaa on a regular basis. So even to have exposure to those things where it doesn't feel like, all right, well, this is yet another thing I have to navigate and either pretend like I know what it's about. What's going and on? Yeah, I know what's going on, or it's one of those things where I have to just come back and like step back and like leave it. Um, I feel like perhaps that is also a piece of it, but it's always awkward putting groups of friends together. Yeah, I am very choosy about when I do it because I've done it before and been like, well, I love you and I love you and it'll be great. And it's <laughs> off to the word. Um, so <laughs> don't feel bad about that piece as well. Um, I know I said that was the last question, but I do have another one. I know and you may not be able to speak to this, but um do you think you know what about the gender piece do you feel that you are better able to connect with african dot american men versus african dash american men in terms of friendship <laughs> not not romantic entanglements because i was about to say what is monkey you're trying to get get at oh you know what i'm trying to get at just because we're talking about friendships we we've been talking about female heavy friendships, friendships that's true um but you do have one African dot American friend. 
You just talked about him. Josh, our friend, who also came on. Oh, <laughs> oh Don American. I was like, who? Oh, <laughs> you have African Dash, Dash American male friends as you've grown up. Um, but like, is that dynamic? Is it the same dynamic as with the female friends? You feel like it's the same sort of like code switching and barriers? Or is the gender piece just make it all the more complicated? That's such a interesting question because I feel like I historically have had very few male friendships I say pretty publicly as I lay on my boyfriend's bed that I hate men um I don't too. I do too but you know we got we got to work past that too oh, Lord, <laughs> mercy. Uh, the old male friendships so when I started trying to branch out and hate them less my journey as I call it um, towards being a better person. Um, I've mostly been able to bridge that, that through like queer friendships. So I've never, until a few years ago, I never had a straight male friend um, of at all. Any race of any race. Yes, interesting. Sam, um, then that's um, fair. Yes. So the African dot American friend that we both know um, identifies as queer. And I think that that's always just been a part of. I also have um, some Caribbean friends. I'm trying to think if I know any other African dot American male friends. Um, Maybe not. But even the one African dash American male friend that I have is someone who I worked with that I always joke like, has five sisters and is the youngest so I feel like the only reason I can stand him is because he has a lot of feminine influence and energy in his life mm-hmm. so I've always been like very female centric and so honestly I've never even thought about what friendship let's see I have a neighbor growing up who is African Don American that I'm actually still really close with but that's almost like because of like our where you live. Maybe. Yeah, it precedes um, precedes like any knowledge of like our background. Like we've known each other since we were five days old. So it's a different kind of. Oh, that's cute. Hey, that's also why he's a good person. <laughs> well, thank you, Yasmin, thank you very, so much. very much for being so open and sharing your experiences with us yet again. Um, as usual, it's a wonderful conversation and you've given us a lot of fruit for thought and probably further discussion down the line. So don't be surprised if you get another invite for season three. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be our real current guest, okay? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Please choose me. Choose me as the guest uh, hostess. <laughs> oh, I will interview. I I'm trying to interview Girl, my sister. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Let's 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 talk about this because we're always looking for you. Wasted in a rate. Yes, mm-hmm. that's probably a very good idea. Yes, thank you both so much for having me again and for doing this amazing podcast. I have shared it with friends, and they're thank always you very good. much. Yes, thank you. Bye. That's our show for today. Like what you heard? I have an idea on a topic you'd like African Dot American to discuss. Let us know. You can email us at African Dot American spelled out 
African dot D-O-T American at gmail.com. See you later. Yeah.